Viewmasters. It's the podcast that we do. Viewmasters. Talk about movies that we view. Viewmasters. My friend Eric and me, Joe. Viewmasters. Hey, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the Viewmasters, episode 263. I'm thinking of ending things the name of the movie, and the thought I'm having about this podcast. My name is Eric. My name is Joe. <laughs> Hello, Eric. <laughs> it sounds like we should have had a conversation before we started recording. <laughs> oh, we did. Oh, yeah, I guess we did. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. Uh, how are you, Joe? Oh, I'm hanging in there. How about uh, you? Uh, similar. All right. Yep. Uh, it is a time. Yes, it's 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 a time. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Things are happening, and we are moving forward. That's all we can do. Yeah. Unless we can move backwards. Oh, I wish that we could sometimes. Me too. Yep. (laughs) Boy, this movie. This this movie. (laughs) Uh, How many times did you watch this movie? Uh, Just the once. Just the once, okay. Yeah, uh, you? Uh, Well, this was the second time that I had seen it. Okay. Um, but I didn't really remember much about it from the first time. Gotcha. Because uh, it was we we watched it we watched it while Jenny was uh, in the hospital recovering from surgery. Hmm. So there were a lot of distractions, uh, yeah, and it's yeah. not really not really a movie that you probably want to watch with a ton of distractions. Uh, no. Uh, I would I would say not. Um. It, uh, I, uh, I felt very lucky in that, uh, I, I did not have any distractions while watching the movie, uh, other than, uh, my own restlessness. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I had that as well. Yeah. Uh, the, the cat though, uh, like climbed on my lap and, and slept with me, uh, for most of the movie. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, so, so he was not, uh, doing his usual, uh, bullshit asshole things that he usually does when I try to watch a movie. <laughs> I think he knew that, uh, it would be a perplexing, uh, journey to go through. Right. And behaved himself accordingly. Well, he probably heard you say, I'm thinking of ending things and was like, oh no, I better be on my best behavior so he doesn't get rid of me. Oh, that's not the way I would end things. No, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> nope. I meant uh, between you and the cat. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, you know, technically, the way that I would be thinking of ending things uh, would be the end between me and the cat, but in a far different manner. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, to be perfectly clear... Uh, the cat would not be harmed in this scenario. So oh, that's good. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, moving right along. 
I'm thinking of ending things. You too? (laughs) I was actually just saying the name of the movie. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh. Oh. This this movie. (laughs) This movie. Uh, I, I watched it when I got home today. Uh, so, so it has been about an hour and a half since, uh, I, I last had eyes on it. Okay. Um, I'm still not entirely sure what I'm going to say or talk about. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And this is, uh, the one time that I wish this was a video podcast so that I could just give you the expression that I had on my face while watching this movie (laughs) to perfectly sum up, I guess, what I feel about this movie. (laughs) Did, did you hate it? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I, Joe, if, if there was a hook to what our podcast is that makes us different from other two white guys talking about movie podcasts. I would say it's that I'm the dumb one <laughs> and you are the one with insight. Okay. So oh Joe, no. Oh no. Please tell me what the fuck this movie was. <laughs> All right, I did actually uh I uh so I, like I said I've seen it twice. Uh and I did I watched it yesterday. Uh, and then did some reading about it, uh, because I needed help. (laughs) Like I, I, I had an idea in my mind. Um, and the idea that I had in my mind was not quite, not quite exactly what it was, but it was pretty close. I think, um, it still doesn't make a whole ton of sense to me, (laughs) but, uh, the the idea that I had in my mind is that you know the this movie so the the movie follows uh, a couple who are going a, a fairly new couple yeah. uh, who are going to visit uh, the, uh, the it's a straight couple I should say uh, who are going to visit the uh, man Jake's parents mm-hmm. uh, just to have dinner. Um, and they're driving through a snowstorm to get there. Um, and so it, like, it follows them in the car on the way there and then, uh, them at dinner and then them on the way home. And that's basically the movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but there, there are also scenes, uh, interspersed of, uh, an older man who's a janitor in a high school, mm-hmm. uh, just sort of going about his day. Yes. Uh, and so the, I, I should say I got all this part. You got all that stuff. Okay. I mean, I, I am, I am just stating, stating plain facts of what appears on the screen. There's weird shit that goes on. Oh yeah. But, but, but I'm, 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 I'm laying out the baseline of, of what I think the movie is. Okay. So, <laughs> so the, I mean, we're, we're given, uh, we're given sort of hints that, uh, the, 
you know, that there's sort of, sort of the, the lines between Jake and the woman whose name changes throughout. Yes. Uh, that the lines between them are sort of blurred. Um, and also that the lines between Jake and the older janitor uh, are somewhat blurred. Uh, like when she goes to s- and finds the the janitorial uniform in the washer at his parents' house. Um, so, so my understanding, <laughs> the way that I interpret this movie, is that there's only the one character, and it's the janitor. Hmm. Uh, all of the the other action that we see is happening in his mind. Uh, whether it's, you know, memories or, uh, just invention whole cloth, uh, of, of things that he, you know, that did happen to him or that he wished had happened to him. Um, so, so Jake, uh, Jesse Plemons, uh, is the younger version of, of the janitor, but also all of the other characters are sort of, you know, within his memory, within his mind as well. Um, and it's, and it's all, it's all just in his head. Uh, and then he dies at the end. Okay. So I feel like I essentially got the same thing. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I mean, uh, so early in the movie when they're driving, uh, Jake and the woman, Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he turns on the radio, and it's uh, a song from Oklahoma, right? And then it uh, shows the high school uh, musical, uh, you know, rehearsing. Mm-hmm. For me, that's when I'm like, oh, okay, they're the same guy. Yeah. Uh, him and the woman being the same uh, was was uh, not within my grasp it's it's weird (laughs) i mean the the whole movie is weird the whole movie is real fucking weird yeah uh and because there there is the scene in the the house where she's looking at a photo and it's her as Mm -hmm. a, a little girl and you know he says that it's him as a little boy uh and and i just to me, that was just like, well, this is, well, that's weird. What, what's going on? Yeah, the, but, there, there is definitely stuff <laughs> that I feel like doesn't fit with the way that I understand the movie, and even you know, from from the reading that I did, uh, the way that it's sort of explained, because this is based on a book, right? Uh, and the the book, I guess, makes it much clearer uh, towards the end that you know she is him; they are the same person. Um, the, the relationship with the janitor, at least just based on what I read on Wikipedia, I haven't read the book itself, so I can't say definitively, but it sounds like it's still sort of, I mean, the, it's, it's less explicitly stated, um, but that, but that they are all sort of figments of his imagination. Okay. Um, but yeah, like the, the, that part when she sees the picture, uh, the phone calls that she gets, mm-hmm. uh, she gets a couple phone calls and she answers and it's just like this mysterious <clears throat> man's voice. 
saying David Lynchian things to her (laughs) (laughs) about there's one question to answer. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But it's never like, what is this? What is happening here? (laughs) Um, So, so despite the fact that, you know, I, I guess I figured out that uh, the janitor and he were the same. Yeah. Uh, But at the time when that clicked for me, I was assuming that there was like, you know, a time jump kind of thing. Sure. Sure. Uh, But, but it's, you know, it, it, that proves uh, to be false, Uh, you know, because, because it all seems to be happening at the same time because it is, you know, at least, revealed <laughs> question mark <laughs> that it's you know a sort of dying fever dream that he's having yeah because because he meets them or he right, meets yeah, he yeah. meets the the woman anyway right um but for me when i knew that things were weird and it was i mean honestly i should have rewound a shit ton of times throughout the movie yeah uh, but, but i only did it once and it was uh, right when they meet uh the parents uh played by david thewlis and uh tony collette and uh when we first see david thewlis he has like thinning gray hair uh and then like in the immediate scene after that, he's got just like short cropped dark hair. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, what? And so I, I rewound and I, you know, I was like, okay, I did not make that up. <laughs> uh, and so, so I was like, okay, so this like, so going into this, the only thing I knew about this movie was uh, that it's a Charlie Goffman movie. Right. I knew nothing about the plot whatsoever outside of just what was on the, uh, you know, Netflix description blurb. Uh, and, and I guess I should have been more prepared for it to be a Charlie Kaufman movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I was not. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is one of the Charlie Kaufmaniest. <laughs> it is very Charlie Kaufman-y. <laughs> yeah, the the thing you mentioned about about the father's hair, I definitely did not notice that. Okay. Um I I noticed I noticed that her outfit changed. Yeah. A couple of times. Mhm. Um, and obviously like the bigger, you know, age changes that the parents go through, uh, over the course of that sequence, right. you know, b- back and forth between old age and youth. Um, but yeah, there, it's, it seems like there's a lot of more subtle stuff, like, like just, you know, his hair changed a little bit, uh, that, that I, that I totally missed, hmm. um, and, and would be kind of interested to go back and see again. Right. Um, but but also, this movie is really long. <laughs> it is. I wish it was half an hour shorter. <laughs> I do, too. I think uh, if it was half an hour shorter, I would absolutely love it. I 
you know, there, there are sequences, uh, mostly the two car ride sequences. Yes. Uh, that, uh, there are just a lot of conversations between the two of them that I zoned out. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, I don't know if they are integral to the story, uh, because it is just a lot of mostly philosophical hoo-ha. Which just, to me, reads as Charlie Kaufman grabbing the viewer by the collar and screaming in their face, look how fucking smart I am. (laughs) And I don't know if, like, you know, those scenes are in the book, like, as they are, but uh, just, just... As far as watching this movie, they a lot of that seemed unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. So so I think those scenes are somewhat integral to, but they're they're integral to figuring out the movie. But also, yeah, there's a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Like so. The they're talking about the movie uh, A Woman Under the Influence, mm-hmm. uh, and the sort of diatribe that the the woman goes on the the uh, <laughs> the woman in the car, not the woman under the influence, yeah. uh, is verbatim Pauline Kael's review of that movie. <laughs> okay, so I did uh, it. It clearly. <laughs> is just her reading someone's review. I did not know exactly what it was. And now that you mentioned that, uh, it clicks for me because uh, when we do see uh, young Jake's room or or Jake's childhood bedroom, whatever whatever the label was. Yes. uh, Yeah, the one thing that I did notice in that was the big-ass Pauline Kale book. Right. uh, That is on his shelf. Right. Okay. Well, he, Makes sense. And, and, and even like he, it looked like he had a headshot of Betty Davis, uh, like taped up on the wall, and he makes reference to Betty Davis in the car uh, earlier. Yes. Um, I guess that I guess that there is a copy, a DVD copy of A Beautiful Mind visible uh, in his bedroom, which I did not notice. I uh, did not notice that either. I did uh, see that it was like. In the credits, yes, yeah, the yeah. the speech that he gives when he accepts his Nobel Prize is the exact speech that uh, Russell Crowe gives as John Nash <laughs> uh, at the end of A Beautiful Mind. Okay, did not know that either. Which that was that was um, I distinctly remember that from uh, watching it in the hospital. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was like, this, like this movie, the movie had been nonsense up until that point. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on, and then he gave a recognizable speech, the probably the sort of treacliest speech that you could think of from an Oscar-winning movie, <laughs> and that was when I was like, okay, this movie is actually brilliant. <laughs> See, I mean, I've seen A Beautiful Mind, but it has been, you know, whenever it came out on video. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So there's no way in hell I would remember. I mean, I barely remember what I did earlier today. (laughs) 
I, I have I have life uh, before I'm thinking of any things and after I'm thinking of any things. <laughs> I I could not tell you why I remember that speech. <laughs> But I think it was when he said something about, like, the mysterious equations of love. Because <laughs> it's like, it's just, oh, it's so bad. <laughs> and also completely fictionalized. That never happens. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, I, like, the going back to the stuff in the car, like the Pauline kale review, um, the poem that she, that, that she wrote, uh, which was actually written by someone else. Right. Um, but that she recites, uh, all of, and as I, I I really like that poem. Um, and I'm not a poetry uh, guy. Uh, she picks up the book in the room when, when she, yeah. Did did, yeah. did you catch what book it was or I, I did I caught the author's name and I I had looked up the poem earlier because I was like this has got to be a real poem. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I think that that like the stuff like that is I say it's integral to to figuring it out because it's just like this is all like stuff and and media that he's absorbed. Right. Uh, over over the course of his life, not not to mention the Oklahoma of it all, because there is so much Oklahoma in this movie. <laughs> like the you know the the song that they listen to in the car obviously is bleeding through from the rehearsal. Right. Um, the dance sequence is <laughs> is reminiscent of a dream sequence in Oklahoma, uh, where the the main characters. Uh, are sort of are replaced by dancers who look sort of vaguely like them. Um, the logic being that, you know, in in your dreams, things are not exactly as they are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, these these people look like you, but they're not exactly you. And so that that whole sequence mirrors this dream sequence from Oklahoma. <laughs> Okay, uh, and then it's a musical, so clearly not familiar. Not familiar, right? And then, well, then you're definitely not going to get uh, after after the beautiful mind speech, right? Uh, the song that he sings is is the song that the the quote unquote villain of Oklahoma sings. Uh, ba- basically, uh, you're, since you're not familiar with Oklahoma, it's basically about. Uh, there's Curly, who's the the male hero, uh, who's a cowboy. There's Lori, who's like a rancher's daughter, um, and then there's Judd, who's who is uh, in love with Lori, uh, totally unrequited, uh, and and the the obstacle for Curly to overcome so that he can can be with Lori, basically, hmm. um, and so and. Judd's whole thing is that he lives in like this tiny little shack uh, and he's lonely uh, and he just wants to be with Lori. And so that's sort of what the, that's what that song that he sings after accepting his Nobel prize is all about. All right. (laughs) Is and, and what, what I think it goes towards what I read, I didn't really get it from watching the movie. um, But, and I guess there, there are hints towards it. um, But, you know the the woman uh, never actually dated him. Like this is all just like 
Like he he never actually you know got her number or gave him her number or whatever. Right. Uh, he's he's just fantasized this this relationship uh, or this you know combination of of different people that he wanted to have relationships with and never did. Right. Uh, it's it's yeah that that part I'm still super unclear about. <clears throat> Um, uh, but yeah, he, there's there's just other media bleeding into and out of this movie all over the place. Yeah, the uh, uh, when when she first meets the janitor, uh, when she goes into the high school looking for Jake, mm-hmm. uh, like the the conversation, like, I mean, it's pretty one sided. Uh, but but the monologue that she basically has, uh, I think. She does make that pretty clear. Okay. Uh, that that uh, at least I got that much that that she, you know, still not putting together that they're all the same person. Sure. <laughs> uh, but but you know just just you know still me trying to decipher the movie as like these are two separate people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And like she's the one having the hallucinations and, and the weirdness, whatever. Right. Uh, but but uh, she does mention that uh, you know uh, she pretty much explicitly states that like you know they never even talked. Yeah. And it, it did make me remember that uh, during the dinner scene uh, with the parents uh, that uh, you know <clears throat> among the many different story changes that happen throughout uh like you know just uh whenever like bits of their backstory are revealed it's always you know a little different uh she does sort of you know change like even in the one conversation like how they met yeah uh which is questioned by by the father uh and uh but but yeah, like it did. There are hints for sure. But but yeah, it's never explicitly stated. But but uh, I I feel like that was at least pretty strongly hinted at. Yeah. <clears throat> <sighs> I feel like I talked a lot. You did, and I appreciate it. <laughs> get to the cartoon pig yet or to to uh shit what was the name of the ice cream place tulsi town uh, tulsi town yep yep <laughs> uh i will say that uh i really loved the uh the animated ad for tulsi town that was amazing <laughs> um i don't think i've laughed harder than when the they intercut the scene of the janitor watching the movie on his lunch break. <laughs> yes, and then it's uh, like like we we watch him watch the movie, and then it actually cuts to the movie that he's watching, <laughs> and then like at the end of it, it just says directed by Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pause. <laughs> Because I laughed so much at it. It's startling. <laughs> uh, 
oh, I wonder if he approved that. Uh, I, I, I read that um, that they they came up with it first. <laughs> like one of the assistants, or was just like, like no, it would be really funny if it was directed by Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> and then I guess they did like run it by him, and and he got a special thanks <laughs> in the credits. <laughs> Uh, I can say that was the one true moment of enjoyment that I had during this movie <laughs> in which I was just not staring at my TV, just fucking perplexed. <laughs> uh, that's it. I did really like the scene when they go to Tulsi town. The Tulsi town scene is excellent. Uh, it was just uh, I, I'm gonna say this before you do on this episode. This movie was stressful. <laughs> yes, it was. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the 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 Tulsi Town scene of of the many David Lynchian uh, sequences. I feel like that might be the most David Lynchian. Yes. I would agree entirely. <laughs> I mean, the the Nobel Prize scene comes really close. Yes. Uh, which, I mean, if I had known that that was the speech from A Beautiful Mind, it probably would have ratcheted it up for me. <laughs> but I was really mostly just focused on the old age, the shitty old age makeup that everybody was wearing. It's so good. It's so funny. <laughs> Because it's like, it's it's stage old age makeup, so it has yeah, to be right. super over the top. Yep. Oh, I love that so much. And it just makes everybody look like zombies. Yeah. Uh, and it kept reminding me, I, uh, a couple years ago I was dating a girl and she was in a local play. Oh, uh, boy. And, uh, uh, it was uh, Our Town. Okay. And I, I went to go see it, you know, in support. And uh, that is a terrible fucking play. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. I have not, no. I, uh, I've, I've, I've only seen the X-Files episode that's named Our Town, but I haven't seen <laughs> the actual play itself. Oh, it is god-awful. <laughs> Uh, but, but it kept making me think of that because, you know, there are a lot of, you know, it's a community play, so... Uh, while they did have some, you know, varying cast members of, of different ages, uh, there there are a lot of young people playing old in the play. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they all have, like, the caked-on, you know, gray makeup and, you know, powdered, you know, hair. <laughs> uh, just kept making me think of that. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and you're a good boyfriend for going to see that. Yeah, you know. She literally only had like one scene in it. So. Okay, <laughs> and it's a it's a long ass play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I definitely fell asleep a couple times while watching the play. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I would truly really like this movie if it was shorter. Yeah. Uh, you know, not, not even, you know, I, I talked about the, the driving scenes, like the first, you know, going to the house scene, uh, 
Like, I could not figure out if uh, the girl, uh, I think her name is Jessie Buckley, the actress. Yes. Yeah. I could not figure out, is she terrible in this? (laughs) (laughs) I think I've seen Jesse Plemons in plenty of things. Yes. Uh, and he's, he's usually pretty stellar. Uh, but but I, I cannot think of anything that I've ever seen her in. And I, I looked her up on IMDb and, and I maybe have seen one thing that she was in, but I, I don't even remember it. Yeah. Uh, but like when they get to the parents' house, like that entire thing, she's... I think she's great in any scene that she's not with Jesse Plemons in. (laughs) (laughs) There's not that many of those. No, there are not. But, but, but like every scene with the parents, like as stressful and uncomfortable and awkward as they are, uh, just, just making me anxious. Uh, she's (laughs) great playing off of them, but, but the one-on-ones with Jesse Plemons, uh, just, I don't know. Like I, I, I it, it's got to be a choice she's making at some point there. I feel like it probably is. Like she's she's uncomfortable with him, mm-hmm. um, and that's coming through, <laughs> coming through in 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 the viewing of those scenes. Um, I I, I also wonder too because I think she's Scottish, uh, or Irish. Or I think Irish yeah. yeah. So I wonder if maybe that's part of. Like she's doing, she's doing an American accent. So I wonder if that's impacting her performance. Maybe. Uh, I mean, like her accent didn't come through at all. Yeah. No, I didn't notice at all. Uh, and, and I did think it was slightly strange. David Thewlis. Well, when he first shows up, I feel like he's trying to put on an affectation. But then, like at the dinner scene. Uh, like he, he's just speaking in his normal voice. Right. Uh, so, so that threw me off. Uh, and then it also just made me keep thinking, you know, why doesn't Tony Collette ever just use her real voice? (laughs) (laughs) It was just a couple months ago that I learned that Tony Collette is Australian. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. I uh, I learned today that she was Australian, but I knew she wasn't American. Okay. <laughs> so I know that she's got an accent. I just have never heard it. <laughs> I think we watched Muriel's Wedding. Okay. Uh, and she's she's using her regular voice in that, as far as I know. Right. I mean, yeah, it could be a Hugo Weaving situation. Right. <laughs> or a Tom Hardy situation. <laughs> All these liars. <laughs> That's why I want to say thank you to David Thewlis for just doing your voice. Right. <laughs> He's just, so good. He really is, yeah. I, I think everyone in this movie is is really excellent. Uh, even, even if I didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, I had issues with, with uh, Jesse Buckley at the beginning of the movie. Uh, like Again, like I said, just like in her one-on-one scenes in the car. I thought she was bad, but <laughs> but every other scene, I thought she was great. So so again, clearly she's 
made some sort of choice. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just just to heighten the the Charlie Kaufman manner of things. I don't know. <laughs> the Charlie Kaufman of it all. Yes, yes. Uh, it also really threw me at the beginning when the movie started, and it is just a, you know, four by three aspect ratio. Yeah. Well, that was that was to maintain the director's artistic vision, I understand. <laughs> well, this was, of course, an IMAX movie. Right. Because <laughs> you want to see this as big as humanly possible. Right. Uh, I mean, how else are you going to pick up all those little details in Jake's childhood bedroom, like the A Beautiful Mind DVD? <laughs> right. Or, you know, read the titles. Yeah, that's true. The titles were very small. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> I I just got new glasses, and I still had to squint to see <laughs> what the hell anything said. <laughs> They're very small, and then during the end credits... It's like white text on a very lightly colored background. It's, uh, yeah, snowy and blurred. Yeah, so it's, it's a little hard to read. Yeah. I, I will say congratulations to Charlie Kaufman for figuring out a workaround from getting Netflix to just pop up the, Hey, you watch this! Recommend this! <laughs> so so good on him for That's true, that Netflix was nice. Over. It was, it was, it's, it's a movie you really sort of need to sit with for a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, I, yeah, that I, was very nice. I, I say, you know, again, you know, I, I finished this movie at like seven. It is now nine o'clock. Uh, I still think it may have been too early to talk about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> should, should we do this again next week? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, it's, boy, this is definitely an interesting movie. (laughs) (laughs) And it's real fucking weird, and that's all I can really say about it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what other, under what other circumstances I would watch it again. (laughs) Um, like, you know, there, there are some movies that I like to just have on while I'm doing other stuff. Sure. And I don't see this being one of those. No. Like maybe if it was maybe if I split it up in into like halves or something that would work. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Cause yeah, my mind definitely did start to wander uh, during the second car ride. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like like. I guess if you've seen a Charlie Kaufman movie, you. I guess sort of are primed for what you're getting into. Yeah. If you like Charlie Kaufman, you'll probably like this movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's definitely an experience. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that that's the best way. I don't know. Yeah. I got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is broken for the evening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, there's definitely good parts, but but boy, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, anything anything good going on for you this week? Uh, I got new glasses. That's awesome. Did you get bifocals? I did. Yay! Uh, and and I'm I'm while I am. 
putting this out there as as the thing that's bringing me joy this week. Uh, I am also struggling with it. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It has been a a journey to, to get used to these things. Uh, like like there were times where I just don't feel like they're sitting right. Uh, there, I just cannot get used to the two different lenses. Uh, and it they're they're not the kind with the line. So so like the invisible bifocal or whatever yeah they call yeah um and it's really thrown me off sometimes like while watching the movie and of course you know the old man uses subtitles right <laughs> uh, which <laughs> this is a movie i definitely recommend subtitles for yeah because uh, there are a lot of scenes where there are people who are just talking very quietly or off screen <laughs> and with like weird vocal effects happening and uh boy that was helpful yeah uh, but like i i leaned back in my recliner and uh i was looking at the tv through my bottom lenses which are the up close reading ones which then made everything on the tv blurry and so i had to figure out how to adjust my glasses so that I could watch while reclined. <laughs> but on the other hand, uh, I've also been able to read without putting on a second pair of glasses over my glasses. And that has been pretty nice. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so I think once the, the, you know, birthing pains of, of becoming an old man uh, are, you know, once I become more comfortable with them, I, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's awesome. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I've got a couple of comics this week that I really enjoyed. Such uh, as? Such as the, the first one came out last week. Uh, it's a vault comic series. Ooh. Uh, it's, uh, it's called The Blue Flame. Okay, uh, and Heard it's it. yeah, it's uh, Christopher Cantwell is the writer, um, okay. and uh, trying to think of the artist's name, but it is escaping me right now. Adam Gorham, maybe. That sounds like a person who does things. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, a name I've, I've I've seen. So okay, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah the the first issue of that came out last week, uh, and it I I didn't know what to expect from it, um, but it it was really excellent. It's, it's about a, uh, sort of spacefaring superhero. Uh, he's, he sort of starts off as this like local hero, uh, and then ends up, you know, journeying out into space and encountering alien civilizations. And it's, it's really, it's really interesting, really interestingly told. Hmm. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's very, very good. I don't want to say too much, Okay. Uh, partly because I don't want to spoil it and partly because it's still pretty early uh, <laughs> in the series. So I don't know exactly what it's going to be about at this point. Sure. Um, but it, it reminds me of um, there's the, the strange adventure series that's coming out from, uh, from Tom King and Mitch Jarrods and, and uh, Evan Shaner. Sure. Uh, and that book hasn't really clicked for me the way that mm-hmm. I would have liked it to. Uh, but the blue flame feels like it's going to scratch that itch really well. That's awesome. So, yeah. So, so the blue flame, I definitely, definitely recommend. Uh, and then the one that came out this week, uh, is the, the first issue of the nice house on the lake, 
Uh, heard of that. By, yeah, by James Tiny in the fourth, and uh, oh, is it crap. Tinian or Tinian? Oh, it, it is it is Tinian. I think you're right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, oh, crud. The artist's name is he has three names, uh, and it completely escapes me right now. <laughs> but but I know. I'm sorry. I'm a bad person. <laughs> Artist, artist cred. I'm all about it, except for my brain is bad and I have a bad memory. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the first issue of that came out this week, uh, and it just it kind of blew me away. It's oh, super nice. good. Um, yeah. It's it's a it's a horror series, um, horror sci-fi series, I guess. Okay. Um, and it's it's just. Yeah, I don't. I also don't want to say too much about that because I went into that pretty much completely blind, uh, and loved the experience of reading that book. So oh, nice. So yeah, two uh, two single issue comics worth checking out. I, I definitely will check them out. I was uh, iffy about Nice House on the Lake, uh, just because uh, as much as a horror fan uh, that I am, I've never really felt like horror comics can pull it off very well sure uh unless it's just like visceral and gross <laughs> uh like you know like visual stuff i feel like comics can do that pretty well but like the actual like you know creeping dread kind of feeling uh like i just feel like movies do that so much better yeah that makes uh, sense <clears throat> but, but yeah i'll check it out yeah, I, I I don't know that I would expect creeping dread from it. Well, yeah, <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, it's it's very very good. Okay, I, I, well, I wrote a fairly gushing review for it for the beat this week, so check that out too after you read the first issue. <laughs> okay, then I will. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, you wanna you wanna pick a movie for next time? I suppose I should. Um, so Joe. When we restarted doing the podcast, uh, we made a commitment to each other, and I'm very disappointed to say that we have not held that up. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm concerned. (laughs) You should be. Uh, We dedicated this podcast to reviewing every Adam Driver movie, (laughs) and we have not done an Adam Driver movie in quite a while. Oh my god, you're absolutely right. (laughs) How did this happen? I don't know. I I mean, the fault is clearly on both of our hands, Sam. (laughs) Truly. Uh, But I would like to rectify that with our next movie, if I could. Excellent. Absolutely. Also, continuing with our parent string of movies with really long names. (laughs) Uh, This is on Hulu, I believe, and it is called The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Okay. Uh, Starring Adam Driver and Jonathan Price, directed by Terry Gilliam. So this is not Lost in La Mancha. (laughs) No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, we, we will probably get into it more, but uh, this is a movie that Terry Gilliam has been trying to make for 20 years. Uh, and his initial attempt uh, starred Johnny Depp, and filming lasted maybe a week right. <laughs> before it got completely shut down. 
and then he finally got to make the movie within the last two years or so. Excellent. Uh, and it is, uh, like I said, on Hulu, as far as I know. I think you're right. I feel like I've seen it there. All right. Uh, so if you don't object, that is what I'd like to pick. I have I have no objection to any movie starring uh, Mr. Adam Driver. Excellent. <laughs> Alrighty then. Well, we'll uh, do this again, I guess. I don't know. If you want to, I guess I mean, do it again next week? Sure. Alright, join us, won't you, listeners? (laughs) Goodbye. Thank you for listening to The View Masters. You can subscribe to the show directly at view.guttertrash.net or at iTunes and leave us a review. Visit view.guttertrash.net for email information and links to Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you next time on The View Masters. Yeah.